Rituals are the foundation pulling us together, but it takes a community to support the rituals we need throughout our lives. Welcome to the journey of finding your community. Learn the knowledge of generations and how it applies to your everyday life. Tune in for an unconventional perspective on ancient wisdom and how it can change your life right now. I will tell you how to navigate this fast-changing world with the power of the gifts you already have. Living your gifts with me, Susan Hoff, Ancient Applications for Modern Times starts now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Living Your Gifts, Ancient Applications for Modern Times. And I'm your host, Susan Hoff, and I welcome you today and invite you to join me the second Wednesday of every month as we discuss topics to help you find your gifts and your community. For today's show, I am going to ask Dr. Pat to take the lead. The topic we are discussing, walking for water, is so near and dear to my heart that I am asked for her assistance in giving this the attention it deserves. We will be joined by a few of these amazing teens that I love so much from Walking for Water Project groups. But before I pass the control over to you, Dr. Pat, I want to share you this prayer. Canavoro, water is life. Water spirits, I am opening this podcast to acknowledge you and the gifts that you bring to us. I invite your support and peace into our lives today. May you align us with a balanced flow. Help us to dive deep into the feelings and emotions we have around our work with the world and the gratitude we feel towards our youth for what they will bring to our future. Help us release and realign with peace and gratitude. And may you flow within us today and all days. May we always remember the power of water. Help us all flow in the direction of the greater good for the planet. And may we be grateful for what we have and find ways to help the world. Ashe. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Um, let's let's just talk for a minute about, and give a little background, if we could, before we introduce these amazing these amazing young people. Um, let's talk about walking for water for a minute. You and I offline have talked about our personal experiences with the earth, with the land, and with a deep level of appreciation for how we could live our lives differently than we were. Wherever we were at that point in time, something happened. In your case, uh, Savanfu, and, and much more than that. In my case, Sedonia Cahill, and much more than that. And that is being passed down generationally in the work that you're doing. And today, we're going to get to hear from, so, from those folks, those, those, those young people that have said yes to grab the baton and move forward. But talk a little bit about walking for water and where you were tapped on the shoulder as well to come forward to be part of this and, and, and the importance of it today. I think in 2004, we thought we, we had an idea this would be an important conversation. Fast forward to where we are, it's not important anymore, it's essential, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I had no clue in 2004 what would really open up for me. And if it weren't for a young person, um, it probably wouldn't have happened for me. Um, I've always loved teenagers. And as these young people know, they're, they're like the best, they're leaders. They, 
they bring an energy to me that um, is palpable. So after reading the book that I read of Sabonfu's, um, I took her to my daughter's high school, Heritage High School uh, in 2003. And uh, a bunch of teenagers came over afterwards. It was an amazing group of young people and they weren't even from the same group, which was made it even more fascinating. And um, when Sabonfu had spoke, spoken in front of the, the auditorium of these young people, she spoke about how she walked up to six hours for clean water and not, not clean water, just six hours. And sometimes it would be so difficult that they'd have to walk two more hours because they'd find that the place they thought they could get water had gone dry. And one of the young girls, Kristen Karinchak at the time, her name is Kristen Karinchak Wood, um, called me and she said, they walk for water, why can't we? And I was like, oh my gosh, why can't we? I'd never done a fundraiser. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that this was powerful and it was before walks had occurred. And so that was in 2004, we created our first Walking for Water with 15 wonderful young people who gathered together and did just like a village and brought their gifts to the, to the table and created a walk. And we raised enough money at that time to put in th over three wells. So it's been going on for 17 years. This would have been our 17th year of walking for water. Mm. So. Susan, how do you describe the amazing folks we're about to introduce to our audience? You know, I can look at each one of these kids and say they bring a specialness to, to the table and, um, I, I, I work more closely, uh, obviously, with my teens in, um, in, in Laguna Beach because I see them every Tuesday and Saturday. But I've just recently been able to figure out that I can do Zoom and uh, <laughs> do my teens on the, on the East Coast, who, who are the people who started the walk. The East Coast is where the walk first began. So um, because of the East Coast, my West Coast are now involved. So it's this just wonderful like bridging. And the, each one of these young people that you're going to meet today brings um, something special and, and in their own right are leaders um, and ready to step in. And like you said, handing them the baton. And, and even in my nonprofit, you know, which is Wisdom Spring, uh, I have two board members now that were leaders like these young people that are now on my board. So uh, it, it's just beautiful to see how when you're of service, it just, your life just multiplies and grows and builds in just the perfect way. So, so I, I want to hear from each of them, and I know you do. I, I would love to hear from each of them really how their hearts have been touched. Before we do that, just go around and introduce yourselves. And uh, yeah, like, let's start with, uh, let's start with the Virginia folks first. Um, oh, go ahead. Isabel, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, hi, my name is Isabel Miku. I am a junior at Heritage High School in Leesburg, Virginia. Awesome. Great to, great to have you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Emma Beganovich. I'm also a junior, but I attend Tuscarora High School in Leesburg, Virginia. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Why don't we go Wes? Why don't you go next yeah. to the president? Yeah. Hi, I'm Wes Abrams. I'm a senior at Laguna Beach High School in Orange County, Southern California, and I'm also the president of the West Coast Branch. Hi, I'm Sophie Mariner. 
Um, I'm a freshman at Laguna Beach High School in California, and I am the media coordinator. Wow. Um, I'm Kathleen Morgan. I'm a sophomore at Laguna Beach High School in Southern California, and um, I help Sophie with the media. And then um, I, go, I work with our local radio station to try and um, promote Walking for Water. Wow. Um, this is exciting to have everybody here. Uh, you, you know, I think it is, what I'm struck by is um, to know that all of you are really taking the reins for our future here. Um, and, you know, part of what that means is that you are doing something that most people, one, probably don't know you're doing, but two, that isn't, isn't like a school project. This is essential for our world. Um, I want to start out with you, Wes, if we could. Yeah, of course. Um, look, president, leadership, all of you are leaders in your own right, but responsibility. Mm. And I want to ask you, what did you hear that hit your heart when you heard about this, when you heard about what this project was about what is it that hit you right in the heart that said i've got to be part of this yeah definitely so for me uh the way i joined this club was actually maybe an untraditional route uh i was you know recommended the club by a friend i attended a few meetings but uh for me it was kind of hard because you know i always had a urge to you know help in charitable causes but i got almost overwhelmed because it seemed like there were so many things that you know i needed to help with so, you know, I kept attending the meetings, but to be completely honest, uh, I couldn't get a full grasp of like the work we were doing and the cause. And then I think uh, my relationship with Susan really propelled me into, you know, just how bad these people need to water and how big of a problem was. And that really is what brought me in. Yeah. And, it, and he is so great at organizing, Dr. Pat. He is my, I mean, I am the worst at paperwork. This kid got online and said, we're going to make this, <laughs> this better, Susan. And, and he really like came from a more of a business kind of place than I've ever been able to come and has my paperwork right in line now. So I have to just shout out to Wes that he, he really brought his gift up and in, into it, what he's really good. And organization is a big part of that. Yeah, you know, I mean, you you all just met Benny and Olivia. What you who you haven't met was Jessica, Linda, who orchestrated this, uh, Zach, and Kim, who does the banners. And what it takes is it takes all of the energy, but really, for somebody to grab the reins and say we could make this better, that's important. The other part of this too is if you're not passionate about this, you're not gonna give it your all. Uh, Emma, I wanna ask you, when you think about where you are today with this and when you first heard about it, what have you seen in your own personal journey about this? And there, it's, a, it's an interesting question because I think mm -hmm. like Wes talked about, we come to the table and we change the project. But Emma, for you, not only have you changed the project, but how have you changed? This project has actually changed so much in my life. 
Uh, the reason I got involved is because I've personally dealt with water insecurity in my life. And now that I am involved in this project, I stopped taking things for granted, essentially. I looked at a few documentaries and realized like, wow, these people are truly living these lives, these lives I would never even think to live. And I just, ugh, it's mind blowing, honestly. I used to just take hour long showers and now I'm like, these people are walking miles a day just to get drinking water. It honestly changed a lot of things in my life and I started being more responsible with water usage. Mm. And I bet that's, I bet that's, you know, quite similar for all of you. Uh, one of the things I'm struck by is the daunting uh, task of media, right? Who are the media folks? Sophie, you're one of them, right? Yeah. Right? Cassidy and Sophie, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, Isabel, don't worry. I'll get to you in a hot second. <laughs> media and the world of media is by far daunting in its very nature. But media in today's world on something you're passionate about requires extraordinary persistence and creativity. So Cassidy, with you, I want to ask you, how do you bring your creative energy to helping people understand the magnitude of this so they will take action? I think that, um, I think just explaining it to them because sometimes if we just kind of say, this is what we do, people don't always understand. But if we go into depth saying, we work with Wisdom Springs to build wells in these countries, they kind of understand, wow, this is what they're doing. And then it kind of inspires them to help. And when we tell them a story, it kind of, it, atta it attaches to them emotionally and I think that when you form an emotional connection with something, that's the most important connection because then it, it feeds your soul to then like fulfill that. And I think that this whole experience of walking for water is just really heartwarming and really soul fulfilling. And so when I feel like we can connect with other people on that level and then inspire them to help us too, I think that it just makes, makes them feel like they're doing better and they're becoming a better person. Yeah. You know, all of you are connectors. See, there's there's a view of uh, passing a knowledge and a transfer of knowledge on, right? Some people say we're catalysts, but that's not really it. There's a connector energy. And what that means is that you share in your heart how important this is, how important it is today in the world. But honestly, five years from now, there'll be nothing quite like it. And part of that connection gets you up and inspires you every moment of every day. And Sophie, I want to ask you about this because um, you are and what you bring energetically to me is the, the moments of the serious nature of this. And for a lot of people, you can't have leadership without people that are willing to bring that moment, that fierce determination, which each of you has. But for you, Sophie, my sense is that your life and your involvement in this is personal and has changed you. Is that right? Yeah, it's definitely really, really personal. Um, uh, I met Susan when I was really little. 
and she like completely changed my life. It was, it was, it was so amazing. And um, I, I've been in this project since I can remember, honestly, like ever since I was really, really little, I, I went to all the walks that we've had and I've always really wanted to help and I've always really wanted to be a leader. And it's just something that's like really close near and dear to me because I actually, I, I was so lucky I got to meet Sabanfu and it was incredible. And even though I was really little, like I still vividly remember like everything she said to me and she, she was just, she was incredible. She was an incredible woman and I'm so happy I met her and it just made it even more personal and made me just really want to devote everything I had and everything I could give into this project because it just, it, it just changed me. It completely, it made me see everything differently. It made me appreciate everything. And it, it just really changed my perspective on what it would be like not to have water and how essential it is. And the things that we can do to make a difference because we can make a difference. And a lot of people don't realize how, how effective their help is when they do make the effort to help us. So if you tell that story that you're so good at telling about it, what made you really grab a hold of it? One of the most like sentimental stories is um, Sabanfu told. Um, she was five years old and she had been walking for six hours. And five years old seems young, right? To be walking for six hours. And when she was coming back, the land there is completely flat. So she could see the village and she began to run because she was so excited. She was so proud of herself. She she just, she wanted to get her to her village. She was so incredibly excited. And as she was running, she tripped. And all that hard work, all the water that she had just walked six hours for fell out of her bucket. Ah. And the level of devastation, she felt like she had killed her entire village. She she can't she couldn't even describe how disappointed and devastated she felt because she she sincerely thought she had killed her village that's how essential water was for her and that's in, that's just it's breathtaking and i i can't describe like how it's so weird to think that like she walked six hours and i can walk three seconds to go to a faucet and turn on water Thank you for sharing that story. I, I bet all, each of you has such a personal connection to this. And the stories that you tell and you share with each other, those are the stories that will pass on that will make a difference. You know, Isabel, you're a bat up hitter. You're, you're a, what do you call that? Cleanup batter, there you go. Isn't that a baseball analogy of some kind? Uh, don't hold it against me, I'm a Yankees fan. Um, you just heard your peers, your friends, right? You, you, you're part of something that sometimes seems so difficult. What part of you today is unrecognizable to yourself? If you were to look at yourself today versus looking at yourself before you worked on the project? Um, so definitely when I first heard about walking for water, um, I'm a very firm believer that anything that you work on, you need to be passionate in order to make a difference. 
and I was just thinking, is this going to be like another charity or service project that I work on where I'm only somewhat interested or is this something that I'm actually going to be passionate about? And I remember when Susan came in to talk to the officers at Heritage, it was my mind completely changed about not only the project, but what we can do. My like juices were like flowing. My creative juices were flowing. I was able to come up with ideas right there on the spot. I was like, we need to fix this issue. I think the one thing that is unrecognizable about me today from before I started working on the project and even five minutes before I sat in that meeting and Susan began to talk to us about it is the fact that I'm so passionate about something that I never thought that I would be passionate about just because the exigency for this issue needs to be addressed. Yeah. Wow. Susan, I'm the most lucky. Am I the most blessed woman in the whole world? I mean, I, I sit here and I look at each one of them and think, and my heart just opens up and, and feels um, so blessed that I get to hang with these young people mm -hmm. who believe so deeply in this, in this um, program. And not just that, that really carry an energy that I know will go on and on and on and they, that they'll hand it down to their children and their children's children will grow because of the fact that these young people desire and are motivated and uh, to bring their gifts forward and and I get to see them bring a gift in a project that means the world to me and I, I just I can't express how much I love them and believe in these young people. Well, one of the things I want to talk about, and I'm going to ask the question to give you each time to think about it, and then we're going to go to a quick break. Um, but one of the things that I think that I really want to um, hear from each of you, and I think, Susan, you probably have some questions, but the thing that comes to mind is if I go back to Sophie's story, each and every one of you has probably dropped the water at some point in time of your life. You have had something you've come up against where literally you've dropped the water. And I know when I was working on the Clean Up the Hudson Project, um, and I worked on the Clean Up the Hudson Project, not because I didn't have anything better to do, because growing up in New Jersey, I was walking on the, the beach at what, the Jersey Shore, and I stepped on a hypodermic needle and, uh, you, you know, it was daunting for me to realize in the country that I loved that that was where we were back then. We were at that place where, given the gift of water, we were abusing it, right? You're at the place where people are dying because they don't have it. And not just in that country, but all over the world. When we come back, Susan, what I would like to hear from each of you with your passion, I'd like to hear what you see the challenges are. The things that if you had an unlimited amount of resources and you could just say, hey, here we are, help me overcome this challenge so we can do this. I would love to know what that is. And the thing I want to say about dropping the water, that is a great story. 
That is a great story. There are going to be times in your life where you're going to drop the water. And what you have to learn how to do is how to stand tall, face that, and keep going. You're going to have to do that. But the other thing is you're going to see other people drop the water. The water that may mean a million dollars to you. And the level of forgiveness that you have for yourselves that Zabanfu shared, that level, that moment of compassion and humility, that is going to be the cornerstone of what you create. So when we come back, I would love to hear from each of you what you see is your biggest obstacle. And each of you, I bet, would have a different one. I, I, I could see Cassidy's looking up. That's what I do when I think. I go like that. Um, what it is, and if you had that bottle with that genie in front of you, right, what would you want? Let's take a short break, Susan. What do you think of that? Sounds perfect. Thank you. Let's so give much. out the website before we go. Wisdomspring.org. Wisdomspring.org. Okay, good. Let's do that. And when we come back, more from these incredible power lifters, people that are here to save the world, to make sure people don't die of thirst, that have what they need for their children, for the world. You know, that thing which we take so advantage of uh, here, and that thing from water. And for those of us that know what it's like to be homeless, one of the things you can get away with is not having a lot of things as a homeless person, but water, that's not one of them. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Are you ready to transform your life and embrace magical experiences? Talking to Tannis with your host, Tannis McRae, is here to help you find your joy in life. Tune in live every first and third Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Let's awaken your experience and create the change necessary to take back your right to choose who you are. For more about Tannis, visit TalkingToTannis.com. Have you ever wondered what your pets think about? Do you know what your pets are saying to you? Dr. Monica will be your pet's translator to help you understand what your pets are trying to communicate to you. Enhance the bond with your furry friends on Pets Talk with Pet Communicator, Dr. Monica, each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about Dr. Monica, visit PetCommunicator.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Raising the vibrations through stimulating conversations while exploring the mysteries of Atlantis and Lemuria on Tales from the Mer World Radio with me, Amira Beth. 
Join us every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Be ready to feel empowered and an active part of the changing earth. For more information about me, visit Amerabeth.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit KarenBenton.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Uh, Susan Huff joining me here today. This is a passion and purpose conversation. And the reason that this is an important conversation, and we are talking about walking for water, but we're also talking about what does it take to move beyond the challenges and obstacles of our lives. And I think, Susan, one of the things I'm really struck by in the world we're living in today, and of course, there is much focus um on COVID-19 I just lost a very dear friend and and you know there's just so much about it but here's the thing I know that folks are stepping out boldly and creatively you know the borders of our mind are becoming something that doesn't get in the way of how we enact the world our leadership small things even if it's sewing a, I don't sew, so that would this would not be me. Even <laughs> yeah. if it's sewing a mask, right, or doing something like that. But you see, the challenges in our life become the power lifts of building a strength beyond comparison. And I look at each of you, and I see those strengths. And the reason that I see them. And Emma, I'm just saying, you're, you're like an old soul. I can tell you that right now, but we'll have to do another show on that. Um, but the strengths are obvious because you're here. You've overcome things in your life and you're probably overcoming them now. And so I would love to know what those things are for you. You know, what are you facing or have faced in your life? And despite that, look at you here. Look at the powerful force you are now and will be in the world. Look at you. Look at how you have come together for a purpose so much greater than yourselves. And I hope you never forget that. But I would love, and I know our listeners would love to know, how did you get here? What made you, you? Susan, right? Wes, Absolutely. Can start with you, Wes? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try good. to keep the same order if I could, but I, I'm not gonna remember that order. But you will, right? Yeah, yeah. they'll remember. All right. So um, my story starts around last summer in July. Um, I was anticipating my position as president for the next year, and I really wanted to spend the summer, you know, getting everything prepped so I could, you know, start the year running. And I was at a friend's house, and we were jumping off his balcony into a pool. And I went to jump and I slipped and I fell about 20 to 25 feet straight onto the concrete. Um, I went straight to the hospital. Uh, I think I had like a one or 2% chance of survival. And I was in the hospital for weeks. Um, my injuries were just from anywhere from fractured back, pelvis. I lost vision in my uh, right eye. I became deaf in my left ear. I broke all the bones in my face um like you know 
uh, bruised my lungs. Just the injuries were really vast. And Susan actually visited me in the hospital. And like I, the second I, you know, became a conscious and stuff, I just wanted to go home and, you know, start trying to get better. And I mean, the doctors, despite surviving, they, they thought I was at least going to have some, you know, severe mental, uh, deficiencies and I, whatever I went, I went back home. Uh, and then I started my recovery, you know, I've never felt worse in my life and they're telling me, you know, maybe I can get back to school second semester at best with really, you know, modified schedule. But, uh, I was determined to start school. This happened July 14th, school started August 26th. And, you know, I really wanted to start school and I would go to the doctor at least like four times a week. And they would just, you know, tell me every day, you know, I'm nowhere near starting school, everything like that. And I just kept pushing for it. I was reading at a fourth grade level about two weeks before starting school. Um, they said, you know, like, this isn't like the best advice, but they're like, you know, or th what I did wasn't, isn't the best thing, but they said, you know, if you get headaches in school, just like, you know, do 30 minutes of school and then leave. And honestly, I just kind of pushed through the headaches just so I can get through school. And it was really hard. Cause you know, I had to apply for college, you know, do schoolwork and take my ACT. And I ended up doing all those, you know, I got like almost straight A's, got in a lot of colleges and got the ACD, ACT done. And it wasn't like a, a straight up, like you know, I had times where, you know, like one time I like, I even smashed my phone cause it was like, it was hard to control my emotions because yeah. of the brain injury. Yeah. And, you know, I just wanted to like, you know, go to not go to college and just like, you know, I kind of spiraled down for a few days, but and then I kind of got back up. And then after that, uh, joining back to the club, you know, I still had the role as president, but I, I didn't really feel the part for a while. Cause you know, I wasn't at the same, uh, like I didn't have the same, uh, I didn't feel the same inside, uh, you know, my mental capacity was a little lower and energy was lower. And I just, I didn't feel like I could, you know, fit the part, but then, um, a few months of just feeling uncomfortable and stuff, I slowly like mesh into it. And now I feel, I would say better than I did before. Wow. I just have to say, like, I, I have a deep connection to Wes. He went through so much and he was such a trooper and, and persevered. And, um, and it, it still touches me to, to talk about him because I really believe because of what he went through, there's this big gift that he's carrying into the world and he may not be able to see it, but he's always been a leader. And, um, it was really hard. I got phone calls from all the walking for water kids because it happened and I didn't know if he was alive. So um, it's it's one of those things that really was difficult to see someone so challenged and yet he's so persevered and has stepped up and um, I'm just so honored that he's a part of this and mm -hmm. it just speaks volumes to who he is and what he's bringing into the world. So you know thank you for sharing that i want to say something to the four ladies here women young women the gift of what wes shared will forever shape you all it clearly is forever shaping him but it is forever shaping you in ways that you probably don't know but i think you do 
I don't know if you realize that the five of you are here today because you made a contract with each other that you cannot see. It's a sacred contract to be with each other no matter what. To accept each other no matter what. And to really watch and help and support one of you. Don't know which one, don't know what's gonna happen, but you will learn and are learning a lesson of leadership that I wish most companies learned. And Wes, for you to show up in a vulnerable leadership role says more than any words I could say. But all of you, all of you had an opportunity to either acknowledge that journey and say yes to it and be part of that and grow from it. And you all did. And I don't know if you know how important that is and probably how it contributed to Wes's growth, development, and healing, right? We never know when it's going to be our turn to drop the water. We never know when it's going to be our turn to watch somebody that's bringing us water drop the water. So thank you for sharing that. I want to hear from each of you what your greatest challenges are or have been and how you see yourself overcoming them. Because there's one thing you all have in common. You're part of a project, right? And knowing how to face challenges in life, it's one of the greatest contributions that we get in this world. Um, let's go next. Who did, I, who did I ask next? Was it you, Emma? Yes, it was. Did I ask you second? Okay. Um, I believe the biggest challenge I have faced is um, losing my grandmother. Sorry. <laughs> okay i love your vulnerability sweetheart okay uh, sorry um i recently just lost her it was a year ago but it was pretty recent um i was, was supposed to fly to bosnia to see her a week ago and i can't because of corona and it's a tradition in our religion to visit after a year but I couldn't and last year when I lost her my grades completely plummeted yep and I nearly failed like three classes and I was taking so many APs and it's just not like me my GPA went down to a 3.4 from a 3.9 in one year and that was a pretty big drop and it was the worst, but I've been overcoming it. And she's always been really vocal about wanting me to follow what I want to do. And she knows, like, I'm, I really do love environmental science. And I feel like she sort of led me to walking for water because she also faced um, a lack of water in her life and she had to walk quite a bit to go get water um, when I would visit her home in Bosnia she lives in like well she lived in this really broken down house yeah. and she would have to walk miles to get water yeah 
and I feel like that's why it's so important mm. um, for my grades this year and I really don't know how I did it I feel like she's helping me absolutely absolutely she's your ancestor honey yeah and you see this sometimes we don't think we're all interconnected and we are and I, I want to thank you for sharing that. You know, we build strength if we can talk story and just appreciate that, you know, the power that's within us is the power that we can fully express who we are and how we want to be in this world and know that our challenges and our consequences are not our life. They're not our identity. And so um, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. And I, I know your, your teammates here are appreciative too. Sometimes we don't take time to really talk about who we are and what's happening in our lives, but it makes you strong enough to show up here. See, that's the thing with all you, you're showing up here, right? I'm so proud who, of you, honey. Who was next? Look, I don't remember. There you I go. I think I was. Cassidy. You, Cassidy, right? I know Isabel's yeah. like. <laughs> So a couple days ago, um, I found out that my grandmother's doctor told her that she needs to stay quarantined until there's a vi uh, until there's a vaccine for the virus. Yep. And that's not going to be anytime soon. So my initial reaction was she's not going to make it to see a vaccine. And so I started wondering, am I going to be able to say goodbye? And at first I was extremely upset about that. But then more recently, I've been going back in my memories every time I visited her and how I just was so disconnected. And now I'm looking at it like I was so ungrateful Ugh. that she was there. And I was so ungrateful every time I got to go visit her because now I might not get good to go see her again face to face. We did get, I did get to FaceTime her on Mother's Day, which was nice. But I've been, and I, the kind of person who's extremely critical of themselves and every little thing I do, I overanalyze and I'm just, it's to a level where it's unhealthy. Um, and so I've been kind of going back then like, how could I have been so ungrateful and how could I have been so stupid to not cherish every single moment with her? Because now I'm like, I might not even get another moment. Mm. And so I think that's been kind of hard because I'm now kind of go. I'm going back and be like, what was I doing? And not, I think it's like the lack of gratefulness. And now I've been kind of turning to myself as like not being grateful for the fact that my grandma it has been in my life for as long as she has and has come down to see me at any chance she gets. And so now that's been kind of, that's been really hard for me is that ability that I probably won't see her again. You know, let me say this to you, Cassidy. Um, what you just did here, what you just said, I work with women in addiction and recovery. Um, that's my family history. I come from a family of addicts and alcoholics. I've buried five people. I'm the one in my family left. I work with women in addiction and recovery. I have 30 years recovery myself. And what you just did is an important element of those programs. And what that is, is you now are at the place now where you've cleared a lifetime of energy. 
you have cleared all of that energy of your past. It's gone. You have opened up a new energy that your grandma is actually feeling and loving. And what I want to say to you about that energy, it's the energy you bring to this project. It is that level of humility most people long to learn in life. And you just demonstrated for the world what it looks like. And here's what I want to say to you about this. You have just opened up the door for you to love yourself. And I think that as grandparents, grandparents, your grandparents, your grandma, that's what they want. They want you to experience that love. And I will tell you this, we are not separated by any disease. Our family, our parents, our grandparents, they long for our love. And what you just did has cleared the pathway. And you'll be very, very different in your next conversation. But please allow yourself to forgive yourself for what we're using as the metaphor for dropping the water. Because now you can fill the bucket up with yourself and your grandma. Thank you for sharing that. It is the essence of why you're important to this project. See, that is something you can't teach, but all of you are learning from each other, aren't you? Thank you for doing that. Wow. I also want to say, Cassidy, it's it, water in the Dagar tradition is all about letting go, releasing, rebirthing, cleansing. And you just had this huge cleanse. And each one of you speaking, I mean, Emma and Wes too. I mean, you you by speaking about what your struggle is, is clearing the path. It's, mm -hmm. it's opening the waters so other people can be comfortable speaking their struggles because when you hold it in your bodies, it gets clogged up and then, then healing can't open up. So you just opened up a huge healing for yourselves and for other people your age to be able to be vulnerable, which mm -hmm. I'm just so eternally grateful for you all. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all for that. Sophie and Isabel, I promise we'll get you in before we're done. Guarantee it. I want to know about your wall, your back, the wall behind you. Sophie. Yeah. So um, as Susan said earlier, I moved to this, well, to America when I was around like seven. And um, there was like many challenges that came with that. Like I had no idea what English was like. Um, I had to move away from my grandma who practically raised me because my mom had me really young and had to finish um, her university. So um, she was all I knew. She was my mom as far as I could tell. And um, it was really hard just leaving her. And then I also left thinking that I had an incredible um, father and as I grew up, it was really difficult finding out that that wasn't the case and that he was a terrible, terrible person who was really never there for me. And that was really difficult. And like to this day, I, one of my challenges is working on forgiving him, but like I've tried really hard and I just feel like I won't really be able to because he like really damaged like the parts of like trust and like um just like relationships with people it's just really difficult to trust people sorry and it's just hard because 
like he was he was my like he was my rock at one point and he was like I would get into fights with my family about how like they were the ones keeping me from seeing him when he was just not present and he would disappear and then come back and he just he just do terrible things and he was abusive towards my mother and just it was just terrible and that's part of the reason why we moved here because we had family here from my mom's side so we decided that that was best and not only that but it's been difficult because I can barely see my grandma now because she lives so far away Mm. I used to visit like every year but then I like kind of took it for granted and thought that you know having a really fun summer with my friends is more important than visiting her and travel is going to be so such a pain because of what just happened and she was supposed to come and I just feel like she always calls me and I always put it aside because I think that I can call her back or something and it's just been really difficult because she's she's I have a better relationship with her than I have with my mom I always have and it's just it's just really irritating for me that I can't be with her right now because I'm having such a hard time dealing with my mom she just gets stressed so easily and I always have to be I feel like I always have to be the parent inside of this like house I always have to like calm her down Mm. and like it's just it's hard because I feel like I can't like tell her that I'm sad or like tell her I'm stressed out because she's always like oh like I just took like eight hours like why are you like tired like yeah they're like oh like I just had the rough day like you can't be talking to me that way like I just feel like I always have to be like this perfect thing so that she doesn't have anything like any stress to add to her like I want to say this to you And you can call me out on it in years to come. I want to say to you is growing up in that environment, it's hard to imagine that it's going to help you transform into a powerful woman. But I guarantee you, when you learn a few simple things, when you learn the art of forgiveness, And I don't know what spiritual beliefs you all have, but I can't tell you how many times I had to give both my mother and father to God and say, you've got to help me with these people. They are just crazy. And I'm six years old and I'm 10 and I'm 12. I can't count the time, but I will guarantee you that you will continue to develop to be a powerful, powerful woman. And our grandmas are precious to us. But if you don't turn out to be a powerful woman, you call me and I will help you. I know what it's like to have parents like that. So thank you for that. She's already a powerful one. Let me tell you, this kid's got the power. But I want to also say your challenges are your gifts. I don't know what I'm going to do. Isabel. You with the most beautiful purple wall back there. I'm not sure what's going on back there, but it is truly a vibration. Where do you see your challenge today 
what is strength in you? Because by the way, these challenges are strengthening all of you individually, but together right now, you're not going to be the same after today as a group. How about you, Isabel? I definitely think my competitiveness can be a burden sometimes. Um, I was race competitive. I was reading and writing by the age of two. I take seven AP classes. I do internships at like the top hospitals. It's always been my thing to be that kid who's always going out there and doing something. And I realized I never took a step back and kind of realized like you need to take some time for yourself. Um, so in February, I think that I started to become super overwhelmed and there was one week, it, it was just the second that February 1st hit that whole entire week, things started to go downhill. Um, I was stressed about grades and um, exams in my classes. We had a dance coming up in the weekend. My date canceled on me. And then Thursday night, um, I got a phone call from my best friend and my very close friend passed away. Um, it was very unexpected because her 16th birthday was just two days before. And um, it was the flu. We you don't think that someone can die from the flu. When you think of like pediatric deaths from the flu, you think it's a little kid, super vulnerable. She was a 16 year old girl. Um, mm -hmm. That was very hard on me. My grades plummeted. Um, mm -hmm. I was afraid that I wasn't gonna get into college because I had straight Fs. Um, it, I, I seriously have no words for how low I was at that point in my life and my competitive drive still wanted to go. That was not what I needed at the time. I needed to take some time to step back for myself, to grow wow. a friend, and to realize that that wasn't what was best for me at that time. So I think what that taught me was that for a month, even though I had to sacrifice my grades and sacrifice a good attitude about certain things, um, that meant healing myself and that's what I needed most. And the good thing about walking for water too and wisdom spring is that this allowed for me, it was kind of like a breather. It let me like helping plan the walk at my school and helping plan with t-shirts, small things like that helped me get back into my regular pace of life. Wow. And it gave me a breath of life as well. Oh my gosh. You know what? I think I'll tell you what, what I'm thinking. We need to have them back. Let's have them back next month, guys. Can we have them back next month? Because when you go back to listen to this, and Isabel, that lesson that you just shared, that lesson right there and what you just said about that, that could be in itself for the people listening to take a breath because that level of competition and how you took a breath from it, that in itself is going to allow your consciousness, your mind, your personality to grow. You've been listening to Living Your Gifts, ancient applications for modern times. Now go out and face the world with your powerful, unique self. You get to be you. Now that is radical. Show the world what you learned and help make it a little bit better each and every day. To learn more about me, please visit www.livingyourgifts.com.
livingyourgifts.com. That's livingyourgifts.com.